What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 37 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe, and what an unbelievable card we have to cover for you guys today. Not one, not two, but three stakes over $1 million this Saturday at Kentucky Downs. It could not be any more lively, and we're so appreciative that you guys are joining us today. But last weekend with Saratoga, giving out a few great scores last weekend, so congrats if you guys cashed on those. Patrick gave out a win bet on the number eight on the ones and twos, so I believe one off at seven to two, four to one, somewhere around there. I believe it's three to one, seven to two. So congratulations if you cashed on that one. And I gave out a pretty decent, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but we're going, we're just going over it, people. Uh, on Travers Day, I gave out the nice uh, double starting in race 10 into Bolshoi Ballet in that race. So congratulations if you cashed Echo Zulu into Bolshoi Ballet for a nice crisp 20 to 1. So congratulations if you guys cashed on any of those last week. And again, if you don't follow me on Twitter, I post every single race day that we talk about and that the uh, main show talks about at AP Roscoe K. Please feel free to follow me over there if you so choose but guys we're going to get right into it as always we're not going to waste anyone's time because this is a extremely good card and extremely tough card to cover i mean you know there's a whole lot of horses that are chasing connections that are chasing this big money at kentucky down so it's going to draw a lot of horses as we saw with the entries drawn for saratoga on saturday and the flower bowl only has four horses they're all coming over to Kentucky Downs to get a little bit of that million dollar money. But guys, like I said, underneath betting and boozing at gmail.com is the email. Please email me with any questions, comments, and concerns. As the scrolling down on the bottom right now, live tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, the flagship show, Howard, Pete, and Paul are going to be covering the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday because, of course, it's Pacific Classic Day. Hopefully, you guys can join us for that as that's going to be a very, very good show as well but guys if you're if you're more of an audio listener while going to the gym or you know driving anywhere and you don't want to watch the video even though i highly recommend that you guys come over to youtube hhh racing podcast on youtube as we show all the pps and everything like that but apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor is where we show all of or where we post not only every episode of betting and boozing but every single episode that goes up on the hhh racing podcast channel please go follow rate review and subscribe over there guys power the normal power picks you get two tracks a week comes out to only four dollars a weekend for two full tracks of spot plays abc grids price plays everything that you need to crush your bets on a weekend the power picks has and not to mention that over 250 picks i believe i believe now we're up to 270 we still have a positive roi of 2.3 anything above two dollars is a profit if you guys are missing out on these extremely cheap extremely profitable power picks like i said you're missing out and you need to head over to patreon.com slash HHH racing podcast to get your piece on that. And of course, this is the last weekend for Saratoga, which means it's the last weekend to get your Saratoga only power picks for not only Friday, Saturday and Sunday, but we're giving away Monday as well to you guys. If you guys sign up for free, that is going to be four cards for this weekend for $20. If you're not a power pick subscriber, and if you're an original power pick subscriber, that's four cards for only $15 guys. If you're playing Saratoga this weekend, I couldn't recommend it more. We are finally, we are heating up. We heated up probably three weeks ago and we've kept it going ever since. If you're missing out, go to HHH and get, and at the top of the screen, power picks tip sheet, 
and click on that and you'll see the sign up. Also, the link is in the description here. But guys, like I said, we're not going to waste anyone else's time. We're going to get right into this as right after I go through a few comments. Trish Smith is here. Handicap the entire late pick five for tomorrow. Just to realize the show's going over the Saturday card. <laughs> Sorry, Trish. I know we usually do Fridays or um, sometime earlier in the week, but Saturday's PPs came out pretty early this week as they do for a lot of the Kentucky racing. So sorry, Trish, to break the algorithm a little bit on you, but I appreciate the uh, you looking at the PPs. Simon is here from across the pond. My friend Simon, thanks so much for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it. Michael Austin is here. Favorite meat? Absolutely. Even though the, the takeout issues, I won't touch on it too much. All that, you know, that is a little bit crap, but um, that's the way it goes. Jose, thank you so much for doing the show, my friend. Greatly appreciate you, all you guys joining in. No worries about the English, my friend, but I see you just posted down there in the chat. But we'll try our best to show as much as we can for you. But thanks so much, Jose, for joining the show. Tony Osmond is here. Thanks so much, man, for getting joining the show. I haven't seen your face in a while. So thanks so much. Greatly appreciate it. Terry Frank is here. I agree, Terry. My Kentucky Downs is a little rough, but we're refining it this year. It's going to turn over this year. But Jim is also here. Thanks so much, guys, for joining the show as always. But we're going to get right into it now as I bring in my co-host to go over the late pick five. The usual guys, no Noah, but Noah will be on the show tomorrow for Pacific Classic being the West Coast guy. They had to get some West Coast uh, knowledge in there. But of course, from New Jersey, Patrick Kunsel, and from Ohio State University, who's going to lose to Michigan later in the year. Charlie Freeman, boys, what's going on? What's going on? What's up? I don't, I don't like that little shot right there, Kyle. It's too, it's too soon. We haven't even gotten to the college football start. When college, when no. we start covering college football, fine, but it's a little too early for that. No, I know. Trust me, it's How a little early for that. Irish. <laughs> Sam Hartman's the best quarterback in the country, man. I yeah, wanted Ohio yeah. State to go for him. I love Sam Hartman. I'll, I'll see him when he plays a normal team that doesn't throw the ball once in 60 minutes. But um, hey, I'm don't disrespect the troops. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not disrespecting <laughs> they, the troops. They, play, disrespect- they play a different style of game. It's hard to prepare for, man. Every plays a different run. Well, you know, when you lose 54 to three, it's not exactly the great, the greatest look in the world. But guys, <laughs> uh, we're gonna go right into this. Tony, yeah, no worries at all. Andrew Clausen, I believe the ROI on the power picks right now for the entirety of how we, when we've been doing them, I believe it's almost 280 picks now. I believe the ROI was 2.26, I believe is the ROI. If you want to look at hhhracingpodcast.com, under the Power Picks tip sheet, we have a bunch of previous um, sheets. If you want to take a look at them, those are there for you as well. But guys, we're going to get right into it here. I see a lot of people in the chat, so thank you guys so much for joining in. But the late pick five on Saturday starts I was almost going to say Friday since we're still used to doing Fridays but on Saturday starts in race number seven is a maiden special weight for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars that they're offering at uh, Kentucky Downs this year which shout out to the boys at Crownsway Racing hopefully we get a piece of that hundred and fifty thousand hopefully we get the biggest piece all the hundred and fifty thousand dollars tomorrow uh, we have a horse in the last race tomorrow at Kentucky Downs. Copper Missile actually draws in the six hole as the morning line favorite for $150,000 made in special weight. So usually when you draw in as the favorite, you know, you have a pretty good shot. And he ran extremely well last time at Colonial looking for looking for Kelsey to continue her hot run at, at Colonial. She seems like she's been winning everything over there. But guys, hopefully he gets a good run. Good luck to all the other owners. Copper Missile, 
including the man on the screen right here, Howard Kravitz. So we are going to hopefully get a winner tomorrow. But I want to bring up real quick, for those of you that don't know about Kentucky Downs, this is the layout for Kentucky Downs. It's a it's a mile and a quarter, I believe, and up the hill, down the hill, every which way. Um, it is a fe- it is a funky layout for sure. But the one thing that I usually like to play at Kentucky Downs is these six and a half furlongs that they have carded usually play more like a mile, and the mile long turf races can play even longer up to like a mile and an eighth. Just going up the hill and then back down the hill, it tends to play a little, a little bit more distance than what is carded on the screen. So keep that in mind. And a lot of people also look at horse for course in this place like this, where because some horses really like Kentucky Downs and they really take to it and the hills and others just really don't. So that's one, two things to keep in mind about Kentucky Downs when you're looking through your PPs and going through them. There's a lot of, and like Michael Austin in the chat loves the track. And there's some people that absolutely despise the track. So it's not only horses, but there's also people it's either way, you know, it's like 50, 50 split down uh, the way <laughs> Simon O'Neill, Howard couldn't pull off a shirt. Like Kyle's wearing my dad. I want to give a shout out to Mr. Roscoe. My dad got me pulled out this shirt on Sunday and he's like, this is for your birthday. And I forgot to give it to you. So we had to rock it on the podcast. Shout out to the shout out to Bill Roscoe out there. I know you're watching. Thanks so much for getting the uh, for getting me the shirt. And Michael Austin, I see your chat. You know, you were one of my favorite viewers, but now you're not. Now you've been demoted a little bit. Now that you're not using copper missile, but it's okay. It's fine. You know, you can use the Chad when he goes off at three to one and loses the copper. It's fine. <laughs> or I could eat my words tomorrow, but we'll see. How it goes, but guys, we're going to get into it right now. Again, one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar main special weight with the morning line favorite being the number three beer run for John Velasquez and Wesley Ward. And you wouldn't think, obviously, you think of Wesley Ward as a very good trainer, but you wouldn't think he has this type of ROI in the last three years with over twenty starters. Wesley Ward is a two point seven nine ROI, winning at twenty four percent. So Wesley Ward usually has his horses cranked up always for Kentucky, but especially for the big money that comes at Kentucky down. So that's one thing to keep in mind about Wesley. And as we bring up the picks, I would be willing to take a wild guess who one person on this screen has, but there's one wild card here as Patrick having three horses that Charlie and I have absolutely (laughs) nowhere on the board. Did did you do the right race? (laughs) (laughs) He must've, I mean, Hey, I mean, look, elegant trip is a good horse. He has to take back to what he did before. But, Patrick, that's who you're going with. You're going with the number four, Elegant Trip. Yeah, listen, um, like you said, you know, in your intro about this um, this course, you know, some horses take to it, some don't. Um, I, I, You know, I like Elegant Trip. You know, this horse is meant for the turf. Um, they tried to run this horse last out at Ellis Park on the turf. It got scratched off. Um, you know, watching the replay, the horse, um, you know, got out of the gate well. Uh, you know, it was a four horse field, but you know, the horse, you know, showed me that it had some speed, um, you know, was almost three to one in that race. Um, Arnold, the, uh, rusty Arnold, the trainer is fantastic with, um, second time out maidens. Um, and I, I, I just like the, uh, cutback and distance here. You know, I know you kind of alluded to, um, I'm not as well versed in it as you are with the, um, the distance and how it might play with the Hills. Uh, but I do like the cutback and distance for this four horse. The cutback is definitely going to be one thing. But as we stated, a lot of these tracks like to, uh, a lot of these tracks like or 
two Kentucky downs usually end up playing more like a mile. So that's the one thing that you got to look for. And obviously this horse was always meant for the turf as this one was taken off at Ellis Park, probably August 12th. That's a little later. I'm still salty about smoking Jay's race getting taken off the turf for the uh, that mm. sprinkler problem that they had. But look, Elegant yeah. Trip, that 72 is very telling. And if he can continue to improve and takes to the turf, Elegant Trip is definitely not impossible whatsoever in this spot. As I mean, this this race is just there's so many different ways that you can go. Charlie, you have the number three beer run on top. For Wesley Ward, of course, the morning line favorite. I mean, I'm assuming you're just hoping that he runs back to the 84. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was my angle. I like, you know, John Velasquez making the trip out to Kentucky Downs and Wesley Ward bringing the horse over. I do believe that beer run is the most cons- uh, consistent speed of the speed and should be the one that I think will ultimately be able to get the trip, get out to the lead. You see John Velasquez is consistently ridden this horse. The horse is working forwardly, which is good to see because, you know, we've highlighted this before on the show that typically Wesley Ward has his horses ramped up and ready to go. Uh, so, you know, if you don't see strong workouts for him, it's a lot more of a scare because normally his horses are ready to go. But you see with the minute flat for five furlongs, that beer run looks to be working forwardly. I do believe a bounce back effort is certainly possible and would, in my opinion, definitely anywhere near that 84 figure would be strong enough to win this race. Uh, there is some other speed in this race as well. Yeah. But for me, just speed for that distance. The only other one that really sticks out to me is like the four, but it's hard because speed when you show that at a mile is obviously not the same as five, six furlong speed. You're going to, it's a whole different ball game there. Um, and then the one horse who I do think is in Chennai in my top three also has shown speed. Uh, just for me, the concern is kind of the horse sometimes ends up like sitting a little bit back. So even though it shows the one Oh five, I don't really think the past figures really indicate cigarette boat to be quite that fast. Um, and then the other horse I really like here though, from a trip perspective, which I'm, I want to let you obviously talk on more because you have on top, is the 12 horse. I really think straight level is an interesting horse and ran really nice on debut and is working incredibly well and, you know, picks up Jared Loveberry, who we know is an Arlington legend, Arlington most famous though for those who legend. don't watch Arlington uh, for his ride on two fills, which was impressive through the injuries he was pushing through. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious to see what you think, because I thought straight level six to one was crazy good value. Like that for me would be the value play for me. I think the 12 could have a great trip. Yep. And that's correct. Uh, Calic Rome, I, I don't think I've seen your name before. Thanks so much for doing the show, my friend. Greatly appreciate it. Elegant trip isn't also eligible for tomorrow's race. So if he does get in, obviously he won't be running here. That's one thing to keep in mind. But we're going to assume that he's not going to get in tomorrow with any scratches and that he will run in this spot, of course. But I actually, I love the number 12 straight and level in this spot. You mentioned the trip. I think this horse, I mean, he wasn't bet. He was only bet 21 to one last time out, but gets on the turf where if I go to fly swift, I mean, fly swift for Christoph Clement was a very nice, you know, it was a very decent turf horse in her own right. And you see, look at these, uh, these turf route numbers. You know, this was for the siblings. If I switch over here, finery for Arnaud Delacour at Tampa. This was earlier in 2022. Haven't seen since, but broke maiden, uh, broken maiden going routing on the turf at Tampa and then wins an optional claiming by five and three quarters at Tampa going a mile. And as I stated before, this six and a half plays longer. I'm very, very interested in the number 12 straight level and will craig actually puts in scratches already out for tomorrow ugly trip scratch for tomorrow thank you so much will greatly appreciate you one joining the show because again i don't there's a lot of new people here guys thank you guys so much for joining the show smash that like button and please hit subscribe as we are live every single wednesday and thursday covering 
all good core, all good races all over the country. So please subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. But yeah, Will Calichrome, Vashon, thanks guys so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. But yeah, I'm very, very interested in the number 12 straight level, not to mention how good he has been working in his last three works. But good moving along, Patrick, I'm going to let you finish up here. And then we'll move on. The number nine Spanish doubloon, who I also saw Terry Frank is interested a lot in the chat. The number nine Spanish doubloon for Mark Cassie and Jose Ortiz. Uh, Mark Cassie is obviously very good, um, a very good trainer in his own right where he runs. But at Kentucky Downs, he's a little bit, um, a little bit down. I'm going to get the number right now for you guys. But talk to us about why you like Spanish Spanish doubloon. Yeah, you know, this horse last out was coming off a long layoff for uh, Mark Cassie. And, you know, I, I, honestly, I'm going to put a, you know, a scratch through that race. The horse just didn't run that much at all. Um, the, you know, the pace was uh, the horse came back and ran a slow speed figure. Um, and I, I think this horse is just better. You know, I, I looked two back and the horse, you know, showed me something and was bet that day, um, you know, and actually did run at Kentucky Downs uh, last year at this time. And um, the horse ran pretty well um, at this distance. So I think at 12 to one, I'll, I'll take odds um, that the, the horse's odds are probably going to stay around there. I'm not sure how much the odds fluctuate at Kentucky downs, but uh, I think at 12 to one, I think this horse um, could be a, a decent bet. And then the, um, the eight uh, autocrat for Asmussen and Christian Torres. Uh, listen, you know, this horse is going to have to improve, um, but Asmussen actually underratedly has, good turf numbers this year. He's striking at a way better rate than he ever has before. Um, and, and I think uh, this horse should not be 20 to one in a race where, you know, I, I get you guys like the 12. I, I, you know, I see why you do. And then the three for um, Wesley Ward, the horse just hasn't won. I mean, you know, if the, yeah. I'll let that horse beat me at those odds in a field like this. So, um, uh, you know, I'm going to try elsewhere and, you know, see if a horse can improve like the, um, like the nine for Cassie or even the eight at, at, you know, decent odds. Yeah. I mean, look, you're going to get odd decent odds on hopefully elegant trip will probably take a lot of money just based on speed figure alone. And of course how good rusty Arnold has been in the past few months, elegant trip will take money, but your prices are definitely coming between the nine and the eight. So if you get either one of those homes, which Kentucky downs is obviously known for popping a really good one every now and again, uh, that one could be, very, very interesting on your card. And the last horse I'll talk about before we move on, I'll talk about really quick, is the number two, most Saturdays. Al Stahl, Corey Lannery. This is just one that um, if someone's there to pick up the pieces, I get it's a little bit shorter, but it plays longer, as I keep saying. I really like most Saturdays for the horse that if the pace does melt down, I think he's going to be one to pick up the pieces. No other, um, no other really good data other than trip-wise, but most Saturdays could definitely be there at the end and it's not one I would want to hold out from my underneath plays with the exactas or trifectas, but guys I'm going 12, three, two Patrick's going four, nine, eight, and Charlie's going three, 12, one guys switching over to the next race. This is the Gunrunner stakes, a listed stake for $1 million. And I'll tell you guys, I, I think this is one of the best. I think this is the best race on the entire card. I really do. And I'll switch over to the Equibase right now. Draws a field of 10. The morning line favorite is to the outside, the number nine, Wadsworth for Florent Giroux, Brad Cox. But, I mean, look, you have talk of the nation in here. 
Georgie W who ran in the Indiana Derby last time, major dude Wadsworth. I mean, escape artists. There's just some very, very good horses in this race. And as I switch over the picks right now, you'll see two of us are going with the number six talk of the nation while Charlie, the chalk eating weasel himself is going with the number nine Wadsworth for Brad Cox. Charlie, I'll let you go ahead talk about why you think that we are wrong and you're going to be right with Wadsworth. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to give you credit. You really went out to, you know, be aggressive. You and Patrick going with the three to one instead of the five to two in terms of avoiding the chalk. So I'm very proud of you. That was a big step out. Uh, being though for a while, on a more serious note for Wadsworth, honestly, my angle was again, going back to why I think the 12 could surprise at a price in the race before uh, is just the right trip. You know, for the horses I was debating between, I really like Highway Robert at those five to one odds, but I just think the horse is just a very deep closer. And the worry for me is I don't think that horse will get there quite in time, as you saw happened when Highway Robert ran just behind Wadsworth. And then for Talk of the Nation, who I think is a very talented horse, and you want to talk about consistent with the figures, but the only concern I have is when this horse came back off the layoff, just is always right there, but then just doesn't quite get the strong finish. You know, was at 30 cents and lost by a length. And then last time out was, again, right there at the front and then lost by a length and a half. So ultimately, I just kind of saw a horse that looks like probably won't get there in time because of a lack of early speed. And then another horse that will be in the right around there the whole time, but doesn't seem to be able to hold on lately. So I, I went for the horse that is getting the job done. You know, you, you look yep. at Wadsworth lost by a nose after just having too much work to do, but then the last two times out was able to get there in time and get the job done. And that's what I'm looking for. For, the, for horses that are short prices, I want the one that has the right connection with the jockey trainer that's getting the job done, that also is still putting up the figures. And again, I just I think it's not like you're getting much more value if you go with the six or the ten. So go with the one you like the most. No, I mean, absolutely. In this spot, you're going to get value, I think, no matter what. I think Wadsworth will get every bit of that five to two just with the horses that are right behind him in Major Dude and Talk of the Nation, who are very good horses in their own right. Wadsworth just could sit that trip. You know, I think he's going to be a little bit farther back than both Major Dude and Talk of the Nation. And if they go up, they go fast up front, Wadsworth's going to be the one that's going to be running from behind. And trust me, if you if you're going fast up front and you have to hold off a horse like Wadsworth, that's not a very good position to be in. Charlie, you have the the horse that Patrick and I both have on top, the number six, talk of the nation on top for Shug McGee, Jose Ortiz, three straight 90 buyers. I mean, that Columbia was just extremely impressive. Then loses by one to Bapio, who shout out Otago. Otago beat Bapio. So therefore, um, if you're playing the, the transitive property for all you math people out there, talk of the nation. I mean, uh, Otago is better than talk of the nation, but uh, and then comes back in the Manila, loses to more than looks. Look, just very good company, and that talk of the nation's been running against. And I think he sits a really nice trip. Patrick, oh sorry, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, talk of the nation. Yeah, you hit it. I, the competition this horse has faced has been, you know, tremendous. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think. Uh, Shug had this horse entered at Saratoga in a in a good race, uh, but got taken off uh, from weather, of course. Um, so oh, yeah. next, um, you know, next step was here, um, and you know, being a Kentucky bred that this horse is, you know, you're going to get the uh, you'll get that good payday if you win, also as a bonus. And uh, the horse has been training fantastic, um, and I like this horse is very tactical. Um, you know, can sit on or near the lead. Or can you know you can sit can sit off of it and if the pace is too quick, um, so I, I'm a big fan of Talk of the Nation on Saturday. I've always been a big fan of Talk of the Nations, to be really honest with you, and I've chased him, especially that last race in the Manila where he lost to more than looks, more than looks just 
passed by him on the outside after being a little bit too close, but beating horses like Nagarok, Turf King, Mostache. I mean, this horse has beaten some very, very nice blooming horses. And if he can sit a really nice trip in this spot at a mile, and this one's at a mile of Kentucky Downs, I don't think going a little bit longer necessarily hurts him as long as he gets the really nice stalking trip I think he'll get from the six hole. But um, Patrick, I'll let you finish up with the number two uh, highway robber who actually you and Charlie both have in third. This one's for Brian Lynch, Jamie Spencer coming over yeah. to ride um, most likely for the Euro in the mint million. But Jamie Spencer picks up this mount. And I mean, that's got to be one type of tell for you. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, and also the horse's uh, last two races uh, at Ellis, the horse really has not been bet and has run, outrun its odds completely. Um, you know, a five to one morning line. That's obviously, a, you know, a big difference from last out, um, you know, lost to Wadsworth. Uh, but I, I, listen, it, this horse has been a, this horse has run solid, um, makes, you know, a, a bit of improvement. And this horse, I think will hit the board. Um, and, you know, is probably going to come from out of it. Yeah. I mean, he's going to come out of it and this is your one. This is the one that I always say, you know, is, um, Where's the one that's going to be calling or coming from the behind? And if the Mm -hmm. pace melts down, Highway Robber is definitely going to be there. Jamie Spencer, I'm sure, although that's another one people love to hate on is uh, um, Jamie Spencer. But he I'm sure he'll get a nice covered up trip for Highway Robber. And if he continues to improve, which he's done every single race since that Churchill race last year, I think he'll be extremely good in this spot, but I actually went with the number 10 in second major dude, who is another horse that I really liked um, all the way through the last two have been a little bit short on figures wise, but going back to that Penn mile, that American turf, I know he doesn't like to necessarily win and get it done, but I think outside posts at Kentucky downs have generally been very good. And if he can run back to a 90 low nineties buyer somewhere in there, under a really nice trip with Tyler aboard as he was last time. He's not going to face a silver knot in this spot or a Nagarok or anything like that. I think he'll set a very nice trip and hopefully if he doesn't win, get up and stay or at least get up to stay in the money, but I'm going six ten nine. Patrick's going six, nine, two Charlie's going nine, six, two guys switching over the PPs. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have a freaking. uh, I have a freaking fantasy draft going on right now that they decided to, even though I told them I have a podcast on Wednesday, they still decided to freaking do it in the middle. So I apologize if I'm looking over to my left as I have beeping in my ear constantly, (laughs) but we're switching over to race number nine. Yeah. Which is my favorite. um, And I'm sure a lot of other people's favorite sponsor for a horse race, the big ass fans, music city stakes for another million dollars. This draws a full field of 12 for three-year-old Phillies going six and a half furlongs with the morning line favorite being actually to the outside who I was very actually a little interested in why uh, she was made the favorite, but LJ's Emma um, for Corey Lannery, Eddie Keneally, and on the inside, Dancer McCobb for Adam Beshizzle and Kelsey Danner. As I switch over the picks right now, we are going with, Two of us are going with Dancer Macabre on the inside, but Patrick, 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 Patrick's going with the number seven 
secret money. Charlie has her in third, but this is one where I actually have nowhere, but can definitely see why you have her on your on your ticket at least, especially on top. What'd you like most about secret money? Yeah, you know, I, I really like the the you know the horse in the Lake George. Um, you know, face the Ch- that was a Chad Brown invitational. It was on a yielding uh turf course. Um, you know, I thought the horse ran pretty big, you know, on the lead, um, facing some tough competition. Um, you know, I, I don't know how good of a field this is. And I, I just think that, uh, if secret money can improve off that last race, which the horse pretty much seemingly has done on every, after every race picks up Tyler, um, you know, has been working well on the turf. I think this horse at five to one's, you know, a very, very good bet. Yeah, I mean, look, five to one is definitely going to be your value in this type of spot. I love that Tyler hops on this horse. He's very aggressive. We'll set up we'll set up a really nice trip for Secret Money, and Walsh has been as hot as they come. So with Secret Money, I'm sure, Charlie, that's what you saw, but we'll get to you in a second. I'm sure that's what you saw in Secret Money as well. But out of the Lake George, I mean, search capacity – tax implications you got two very nice horses although neither of them really came back to run too well in their next start but secret money looks to continue to improve off that 86 maybe a low 90s high high 80s is the next step which could win this race for secret money but charlie you and i both have the number one dance macabre in first i mean that last race in the memzel um granted it was back in may but that race was extremely telling to me for Dance Macabre and going back up to six and a half furlongs, I don't think the added distance is going to be any type of issue. No, I feel the same way. I think this is a horse where, you know, you've talked about this so far, Pat. We all, we've all talked about this on the show about the idea of versatility. You know, this is a horse that really has shown different. I know the horse always stalks, but kind of shows different ways. You know, you see certain races where the horse might sit three, four, four and a half lengths or so off the lead and other races where the horse is just directly behind uh, where she's, you know, directly behind the leaders and then moves. And for me, that's what I kind of like is I think that depending on how the race goes, you know, she could, if there's not as much pace, sit right behind those leaders if they're kind of holding everybody up and then be the one with the first action. And if the pace does tend to, you know, end up like heating up and go faster than expected, I think the one won't panic at all. It'll just, you know, she'll sit a little farther back and then make the move. But I just, I also love the continuous rise in the figures, you know, seen from that 70, which would obviously not give the horse a shot to an 81 to an 84 and then a 91. The horse is just steadily improving. I like the reuniting with the jockey as well, because clearly he's finding more and more out of the horse. I just, I honestly thought this, I have nothing. I like the 10, obviously. So do you to an extent, because we both have in the top three, but I really thought when I was looking through this before I saw the odds, I thought the one was a pretty clear favorite in my eyes. I, I obviously shared the same sentiment with you as, you know, I liked, I don't mind LJ Zama. I have her in third. But I thought that last race for Dan's McCobb was going to award this horse favoritism, which maybe it will come on Saturday. But gets the rail again, um, as she had back at Kentucky Downs last year, where she won in the untappable. I mean, this horse, I mean, Dan's McCobb likes Kentucky Downs, gets Bashizzle My Nizzle back up. I love only improving very steadily. Kelsey thinks very high of Dan's McCobb has basically passed every single um every single test that she's had and this is going to be the next step if she continues to improve and pops a mid-90s buyer i think it's going to be very tough in a field like this i'm very interested in dance macabre on top but charlie i'll let you finish out here 
with the number 10, who I have in third, who's LJ's Emma. And then Patrick, I'll let you do and move on. But um, the number 10, LJ's Emma, popped a 92 last year, uh, last race in the Galway, has won three in a row. Obviously did lose to Secret Money, but that was a maiden race. She will be stretching out a little more distance, but I'm not, I don't think that's going to be an issue for her either. No, not at all. I, th- I think LJ Zama is very talented. I mean, you see from the works, the horse is absolutely flying. I mean, 48 and 2 and 35 and 3. Horse is definitely working forwardly into this spot. I don't think the distance will be any problem at all. Again, even though with the time form, it would look like the horse is more of a speed horse where it would be a concern. But you see last time out, the horse sat a really nice stalking trip and made the move. And again, I mean, look, and it was also impressive. The horse was 17 to 1 that day. So clearly the public didn't see that win coming. And again, I, I com- completely see from the step forward of the figures. I mean, you could argue LJ Zemma has a very, very, very similar path to the one horse in terms of the steady progression and figures, you know, in the seventies to the eighties and then pops figure in the nineties. I just think for me, I, I do think you'll get around these odds. I just personally wanted to go in a different direction. Um, as you mentioned, I also like the fact that the one has the experience at Kentucky downs, you know, as you touched on at the beginning of the show, it is a weirdly shaped track. The The distance doesn't always run the same. And uh, I do think to an extent at this track, maybe more than others, it does play a role to have that experience. Um, and the one horse I wanted to ask you about, I'm a little surprised you didn't have Mog Trail anywhere just because I know you have your bias towards Kelsey Danner, and I think that's another solid horse in this spot too. I know I didn't include the horse, but I thought that was certainly an interesting one at a reasonable price. He is, and I will talk – or sheep. Take a drink, everybody. You know the rules. That's strike one for me. But Mohawk Trail is extremely interesting, and I will talk about her when we get to her. Kelsey has two very live horses in this race, I think. Agreed. And it's good that you know she's finally getting. I mean, basically the whole NBS stable is coming over to Kentucky Downs. But hey, I'm for it. Get that money, especially Copper Missile. But Patrick, I'm gonna let you go, and then I'll finish up. You have the number one, Dance Macabre in second, but you have the number nine, a seed in third, Chad Brown. I mean, I and Chad, I, I think this might just be an in Chad we trust. But I mean, she's running very good races. Obviously, between the eight corn, the eight bells, and the Wilton. Uh, losing behind randomized who we all know what randomized did yeah. in the ne- in uh their next start but i mean you're just assuming that this move over to the curve will help us lead yeah exactly right um and pretty much you know uh, full disclosure i mean i bet this horse at belmont um in the acorn uh the horse didn't run as well just that that competition was too good um and then you know i i bet the horse um in the Wilton and randomized, obviously wire to wire. That wasn't even a competition, uh, you know, interest me, you know, the, um, dirt to turf, you know, we'll see what happens. And then the route to sprint, you know, I think this horse gets back to the six and a half furlongs one on debut at six. Um, if the horse could take to the turf, the distance should not be a problem. Uh, show some more early speed. And I think she, um, has a shot, but you know, this is a lot of things have to go her way. I mean, definitely. And I mean, this is, like I said, this, if I were to play a seed, which I'm not going to, I don't think that she's necessarily bred for the turf. That work didn't do anything mm-hmm. for me on the turf. Um, this, this would be an enchant I trust play. And I don't know, like I, this is a horse where I'm kind of shying away because I'm sure she'll take some money being Chad on the turf. But I think Chad thought this horse was meant for dirt the entire way through obviously with the company she's been running in. But now I think Chad's kind of after that last race, especially in the Wilton, I think he's kind of just saying, well, let's throw on the turf and see what happens, which obviously could be a good move for Chad, but I'm willing to take a spot against her with some very nice fillies in this spot by herself. But 
I'm very, very interested in the number 11 bling underneath who, um, and I know I see what you're saying, Michael Austin in the said at 10 to one, I agree with you, but like I said, it's just more for me as in, in, in chat, I trust, which I'm willing to go other ways when there's very nice horses anywhere else, but 10 to one is a good price. If you want to take a shot, I'm way more interested in the number 11 bling. I love the outside post. I like that. She's going to be towards the front. Those last three races, I know they look slow on paper, but running at a mile, a mile and an eighth, they cut back a little bit to uh, six and a half in this spot. Hopefully we'll get her speed up to snuff. And if she can get to the front, we saw it last year with one timer. I mean, if she can get out to the front, they, they can stay up there and bling. If she improves to a high eighties buyer off that last pucker up where she lost to Safine, who's a very nice horse in her own right. I think bling is extremely interesting for Victoria Oliver, especially with these works that we've seen these last three times at Keeneland. I would love to see bling clear and get to the front as there's not too much speed in the spot, but there is a decent amount. Um, I'm going one 11, 10 in this spot. Patrick's going seven, one, nine, and Charlie is going one, 10, Seven guys, I will switch over to the feature of the day the mint million stakes. It is for not one but two million dollars. Uh, grade three going one mile on the Kentucky Downs curve course draws a full field of 12 as a lot of these. Um, as a lot of these f- uh, fields are, they fill up really quickly. The morning line favorite is, of course, the number 10. Annapolis for Tyler Gaffleone, Todd Pletcher, just based on name recognition alone, she's definitely going to be that price. And I mean, look, losing behind Casa Creed in these last two is nothing to be short of. And I will, I'll spare everybody the game that we have um, running. We are all going with Annapolis, but I'm very, very interested in a horse underneath. Um, But we will get to that for uh in a little bit charlie i'll let you talk about annapolis first as patrick went first last time um i mean look there's not too much you have to say about uh about him he's just he's he's the real deal i mean yeah look you 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 can't be too disappointed i'll be honest i am just because both times when this horse ran when annapolis ran against costa creed i made it very clear that i believed annapolis was the better horse and would win and look i still stand by on the race on july 15th that Annapolis could have potentially been the best horse, just did not get the right trip at all. Uh, you know, as the boss man Howard even mentioned, right when that race started, you could tell Annapolis was in trouble, just did not get the right break. Uh, but then you look, I mean, the horse was bet on to favoritism again, so everybody thought that Annapolis would win next time out. Got the right trip, zero excuses, ran a very, still ran an incredible race. It's just Casa Creed, you know, as we like to say in the younger people, Casa Creed is just like that, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Annapolis just isn't quite at that level, but that's okay. I mean, that's the top of the top. And compared to this field, for me, it's as simple as this. There is no Costa Creed level horse in this field. You know, there's no boogeyman for Annapolis to be scared of. The horse just has to break fine, run its race, and Tyler Gaffleon will get this horse home home to win and win comfortably. And that's nothing against this field. I still think it's a very talented field. Uh, and I am happy, I'm, uh, and I look forward to you talking about the five later on, because that was a horse I thought about throwing in. Uh, but I'm wondering if the horse you think is interesting, because it's a horse that really interested me, was the – the horse from overseas, Ancient Rome, who I have in third, that I think is a great price. I, um, you know, funny enough, yeah, you I'll, say I'll that. I'll talk on that first because no, yeah, that, that, that's really my spiel on Annapolis. I mean, the figures are consistent. Clearly, the horse to beat. 
But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm curious what you have to say about the six. No, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing really to say about Annapolis. He's just, he really is the real deal. And if he sits a good trip, he's definitely the most likely winner in this spot. And the number six, Ancient Rome, is who I'm very interested in. Although my favorite overseas viewer, Simon O'Neill, gives me the not Ancient Rome. So that doesn't make me feel too good. <laughs> but, yeah, me neither. but look, I watched that last race. Um, at Goodwood and it did take him a long while to get going but once he got going I mean he flew past I mean I know his listed stake and he was 33 to 1 but he is that last race was very telling I think the turn of foot that this horse has and if you go back to 2021 I mean I mean the Fontainebleau Prix at Longchamp the 2000 guineas I mean this horse was losing two two lengths to modern games who won the French 2000 guineas that year was second in a was second and third in group ones in France, you know, two years ago. Granted, I don't know if he's that type of horse now, although he did run his greatest best time form rating by far last time out at Goodwood coming over here. I'm not sure this race is very, um, is as very, is as good as you think it is, Charlie. I think it's, I think it's kind of slightly on the, the lower side for this type of race, especially for the mint million. I just think ancient home is very interesting underneath. And if he gets the right trip set up, I think with a pace that's in front of him, which there is a decent amount of it. I think ancient Rome is very, very interesting in a spot like this, but um, I'll let you touch on him before we move on, but I'll, I'll go to Patrick first, Patrick, give the number eight Churchtown in second. And so does uh, Charlie. I mean, look, those last three races, 96, 96, 95, last race in the uh, Connaughton Cup up at Woodbine, ran second or ran fourth at Dreamshake and War Bomber, who are two very good horses in their own right. I mean, look, two back, only lost to a head by Annapolis. Yep, exactly right. And that's what I looked at that replay two back um, when I saw that, you know, it gave me the inclination to source, um, you know, could run big has been training well um you know i do look la uh out last back in that race at woodbine you know the horse didn't really run too much i don't know what that was about but um i i just think churchtown um if this horse can repeat two back uh could have annapolis depending on how annapolis comes back off those off those tough beats against you know my best friend casa creed yeah well look and that's nothing to be ashamed of and churchtown is very interesting again that's another one that wants to be towards the front so i'm not sure how the trip will work out for churchtown but if he he does his best running in the clear so if he can get clear of the rest of these horses he's very interesting although i don't think he needs the lead you can look back at his back form mm -hmm. he has done well rating a little bit off the pace but i think his best running is done when he's on the front end but churchtown is extremely interesting and you have the number two in uh a, you have the number two atone which is a lot of love in the chat for atone but what'd you like most about him yeah this old son of a gun no uh yeah yeah no point, kidding almost one yeah 1.1 million dollar earner atone this horse just runs and runs and runs it's unbelievable um uh, this horse has run on kentucky downs turf before and has run pretty well actually i believe in this race exact race uh last year so i uh, listen you know if this horse can run back to you know some of its previous races it fits right in um but you know that's to be determined and um the horse will have to improve you know you could say this horse's better days are behind him 
but you know, the horse has been training well. So uh, I can't, I'm not losing to this horse. Let me put you that way. I don't disagree with you. I think horizontally, I would have to have a tone on there. Although I do think his best running is behind him. And I think he does want longer than this. I think, I don't know if he necessarily wants a mile, although he has done really well at it in the past. I think a mile and eighth as he's gotten older has become his type of distance, but a tone is extremely interesting for sure. Um, Charlie, I'll let you finish up with your, uh, with a little, anything you want to add on ancient Rome before we move on. Yeah, no, I, I want to make a little clear. So, you know, I, I certainly think obviously Annapolis is the horse to be, I, I kind of meant more so as in like, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of interesting horses at good prices after like if you are on our side and that Annapolis is the clear should be the clear cut winner there are a lot of interesting contenders in this field that are similar and you know ability where you can find those value and odds and I think ancient Rome is the most value but again as, as Patrick touched on I really do like the eight but the one slight worry I have with Churchtown is the value simply because I think as you mentioned a horse that needs to get right out there I think Luis Saez in my opinion, is the best in the business at being a clean aggressive rider to get those horses out there and I think that's what made you know, uh, Churchtown run to those abilities. I nothing against Leperu. I just don't think it'll be the same uh, ability. Um, but yeah, as Ancient Rome, you kind of already touched on it, but look, ran in tough races, has solid form. I know you have to discount those figures and the time form ratings in Europe are higher than they should be. But even when you do the reduction, it's good enough to be competitive here. Um, and then the only little horse I wanted to touch on real quick that you have in your top three, but didn't was I think smoking tea from yeah. a trip perspective is, is again, we've talked about in earlier races, another one that's interesting, you know, that's run great figures. I think certainly can get a good trip to at the very least be in and around the money, you know, is working forwardly. And, uh, you know, if you, if you do believe in this horse to be another, you know, contender underneath, I think you'll get every bit of that nine to two. I mean, if you really do believe uh, like how I would personally play the case is if you believe in Annapolis the way we all do, there's probably not going to be much value on the money line. But if you find the right horse that you want to put underneath, certainly all these horses we're talking about are four five, eight to one. There's plenty of value to like here. I agree with you. Wait, and I agree with smoke and tea, but wait, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of interference. Can you guys hear me? Good. You guys good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Wait. Oh yeah. Okay. I think I got word that we have a surprise guest waiting in the background to uh, talk about his biggest. I was quoted as this is the biggest opinion of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, uh -oh. listen to that again. Uh -oh. The biggest play of the year we got a play of, of the, the year, year. <laughs> sitting in the bullpen right now. I'm going to bring him in right now. The boss himself, Howard Kravitz. Howard, what's going on, my friend? Boys, 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 boys. Oh, boy. Listen, <laughs> I, I talked to Kyle earlier today. I said, Kyle, I have to come on the show for five minutes. Let, let me let me just say, clear a few things off. First of all, Patrick, your best friend, Casa Creed, <laughs> I'm insulted. All right, anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> number, number two. The last time I was on this show, do you guys remember when I was on the show? I actually sang on air. Yeah. It was in February. Who was the horse? You guys remember the horse? Um, it was at Gulfstream for Rock, Billy Rock Mott, Rock Patrick, your boy Billy Wait, Mott. Was it, was yes. It, uh, it was Rocket, Rocket Can. Can. Yeah. I came <laughs> on the show. I loved Rocket Can so much. I had to come on the show. He won at five to two. Now, listen, I'm wrong just like the next guy. But if I could toot our, our own horn just a second, on the power picks, my plays of the week have been extremely good for two years. Guys, I love, love a horse so much in this race, I got to come and, and tell you guys about it. I've already sent this horse peppermints. 
I've sent him carrots. <laughs> I love the number eight Churchtown. Love this horse. Now, I'm only going to talk for a few minutes. So I'll let you guys get back to the show. But Kyle, can we go to Annapolis first for a second? Yes, of course. All right. Guys, what odds is Annapolis going to be at post time? Four to five? I'd say even money, four to five. Yeah, even money. It's six to five. So, yeah. Okay. Even whatever. money. Let me, let me just point out a few things. I bet this horse the last two times, so I'm not an Annapolis hater. And, yes, he's lost a Casa Creed twice. Guys, he carries 126. He's coming back in three weeks. Kyle, scan down the PPs in his career. His whole career is on the screen. When does he come back in three weeks? Annapolis. I'll give, I'll give you an easy answer to that question. All you guys. When does he come back in three weeks? I'll answer for you. Never. Never. He's never come back this quickly. Now, people are going to say, Howard, that's because he's feeling so good. I'll tell you why he's coming back, guys. It's a freaking $2 million race. That's why he's coming back. I know he hasn't worked since. Can he win? I mean, of course he can win. Has he raced at Kentucky Downs yet? No. How much better is he really, guys, than everyone else in this field? Really? Look Look at his speed figs. Okay, he popped a 103, what, in last year. He popped a 100. Guys, he got a dream trip last time. Yep. Dream trip. You're telling me he's going to run better than he did in that race? He's going to run a mid-90s. He's going to get beat. He is no. Wow. <laughs> Easy. Well, you don't know it was going to be on the show tomorrow night, but no, he just blew a chance. Uh, just kidding, Noah. Anyway, let me just move on, guys. Um, it, he's not going to run better. Yep. Unless he loves Kentucky Downs, he's not running better. This is a total fade for me, guys. I, I'd use him underneath. I'm not using him on the wind end. Toss out of the pick five. Let's go to Churchtown. Wow. Patrick, you said wow. you don't understand why I didn't run well. Kyle, please. Yep. For everything that is so. holy. For everything Absolutely. that is holy. Get the Churchtown reference. For everything that yep. is holy. Can we please watch Emma Jane Wilson, who rode this horse in the stretch run? Emma Jane Just Rosario. Go to the, go to the top of the stretch and watch the two. Okay, everyone go to the stretch and watch the two, and I will shut my mouth. Everyone see the two? Okay, just I will I will be silent. You guys tell me what you see. I mean, I'll give you – I'll tell you – I said Emma Jane Rosario. You'll see her on the inside, and whoop. Now where are you going to go, Emma? Now she gets – now she tries to cut up again on the inside, and whoop. Still can't get through. That's not even the end of it. It gets nope, worse. No, it's not. Yep. If you can believe it, watch this. <laughs> I mean, it's. Just I just, I just see someone who wanted the and, horse, you know, get some warmth to become friends, and you know, bump into some horses, get to know them a little, get to know their personalities. That's what I saw. I don't think it was all that bad. I don't think that it was, was all now, that, was now, bad. that was. Bad. I, I am. I am a little better. I am a little bitter. I bet the horse, but guys, that horse just got into four lengths of trouble and had three studies. Correct. Yep. Yep. I understand the Leperu hatred for some people. I don't really know why. Is he, he's not as good as he used to be. He's going to stalk the pace off of a tone and, and the three. He's going to get a great trip. Outside posts are good. And he's going to win this race at, you know, seven to two, whatever. And I'll take it. Eight, five, ten. I like smoking tea also. Eight, five, ten. The Euro, by the way, did not explode, Kyle. I'm going to respectfully disagree, in my opinion. I think the soft ground and the mile and a quarter really helped. Yep. He did run well. And he faced he's faced good horses going a mile early in his career. I, I don't know. I, I'm I don't I don't like the jock in this situation. Eight yep. five ten Churchtown, my second favorite play of the entire summer after Archangelo. Howard out.
Okay, there you go. I, I gotta I, respond to, to boss man. No, I gotta. I, one of us has to respond to boss man. So I'm I'm gonna take the turn because he was just giving us the whole why we're wrong. Now I don't have anything against La Peru. It's more so again as we touched on earlier, you and me, Kyle. It's the fact that Luis Saez, which you've talked about plenty of times, is just the best in the business at executing the type of trip that I believe and you believe Churchtown needs. And I'll tell you why Annapolis is turning back this quickly. It's not just because of the money. It's because of what you touched on. It's because this field for two million dollars looks like a joke. I mean, if you look at this field and if you look at the other competition, nobody's been running in the level of competition that Annapolis has. Annapolis is running in all these different grade ones, running the BC mile, yeah. turf mile grade one, and uh, the great grade one in the most recent race going against Costa, the Costa Creed tour, the top, top horses. You look at these other horses, you'd say Costa Creed is going to go walk the dog, you know, go drink some coffee, interact with Patrick in the winner's circle, and then actually go take some photos of Patrick sign an autograph, you know, with the hoof and then go win the race. So that that's why I think Annapolis is eight to five. I think the reality is there's some certainly interesting horses again for me this race gets me so excited because of the fact that i think there's money to be made for days if you play the exactas that's where for me personally as a better it gets me excited is when i feel yeah. strongly about a horse i love it i just i think annapolis is, is just a whole different breed compared to this field it could I think be that's I why mean, you are like we money. talked about you know we talked about i don't think this field's really as good yeah. as it's made out to be but i agree and i do one thing i will say about howard's point is he is very right in the point that I think Annapolis was brought back to this race because it was too good of a spot for $2 million. Agreed, I don't think they wanted to bring him back this quick, but like I said, if he runs near that hundred, he could be very live. I just think he sits a nice trip. Could Churchtown sit the same exact trip and be better off the fret off the uh, little bit of a layoff from Woodbine? Absolutely. I got to respect the boss man's opinion because obviously you two have him in second. He's going to be in the horizontal play if I do end up playing it this Saturday. But um, Churchtown is extremely interesting. And maybe I am wrong with ancient Rome, but I think I do think he can cut back a little bit to the mile. And I think he's better than he's made out to be, especially in a field that's not exactly the strongest. But I'm going 10-6-5. Patrick's going 10-8-2. Charlie's going 10, 8, 6. Guys, we'll get through, we'll go through the last race fairly quickly as I know we are get, approaching that hour mark, but it is six and a half furlongs, another main special weight, $150,000, but is for the Phillies this time around. And it draws, again, surprise, surprise, another full field of 12 with four also eligible. The morning line favorite is the number nine, Kowichin for John Velasquez, Wesley Ward, and if you're willing to take the bet, if you're keeping check at home, Charlie would be going with the Wesley Ward again. Uh, both Charlie and I have Coichin on top. Patrick has a number four. Riviere on top for Jose Ortiz and George Weaver, who is the second choice at seven to two. And the third choice is the number 12 on the outside. Another Kelsey Danner live runner with Adam Bashizzle, my nizzle aboard. But guys, switching over to the pps right now patrick you are the odd man out so you are going to go first what'd you like most about riviere yeah i do like riviere a lot in this spot um on debut horse got off slow um you know fought back and finished well um then last out taken off the turf saratoga end of july um horse wanted nothing to do with the dirt um the horse has been training fantastic up at saratoga um George Weaver has been fantastic in these in a spot like this with a horse um, coming back. I, I I just think in a race where you know you look at the alternatives, um, 
you know, the nine Kowichin who, you know, is the class of the field. Um, but you know, is like the, the other, um, ward horse early on in the sequence, you know, this horse just hasn't won. And I, you know, the horse has been bet as, as the favorite in pretty much every race. So as my brother goes Optimus Prime a little <laughs> bit, I don't disagree with him what he's Let saying. Let me tell him why he's wrong. Let me tell him why he's wrong. All right. Well, yeah, you and I both have the same one on top, so it's up to you. Uh, you're back, Optimus yes. Prime? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I was ranting too much about why Wesley Ward is, you know. No. Uh, listen, like I said with Riviera, I, I just think this horse is going to improve and um, at good odds over a Ward horse who needs to show me this horse can win. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And I mean, improving back off the 69, came back, ran him on the off off the turf dirt last time out and just didn't run a steps. But coming back to the turf, I think Riviere is definitely interesting as I have the horse also in third. But Charlie, Kowichin on top, same thing as me. I know he doesn't like, he hasn't shown that he likes to get to the wire first, but five in the money finishes and the buyer's just steadily improving every time. Yeah, I mean, the buyers are just way over this entire field. I mean, I think Kowichin, we, we covered this horse before because this horse was supposed to run a different race, I believe, that we covered. Uh, but the race got scratched off, and the horse was the favorite in that field. And it was in a field similar to this, except, honestly, I think that field was stronger than this. And I still was very uh, strong in feeling that she would end up winning that race. Uh, I feel the same here. Um, ultimately didn't want to end up, you know, with a race like this after all those stakes races, making one of these my best bets, I just think wouldn't have been fair. I wanted to keep it with more of the main event races. Uh, but yeah, I think Kowichin's going to be very tough in this spot. Uh, I know the horse hasn't gotten the job done yet, but look, I mean, has run against all solid fields, hasn't run a bad race. I know hasn't quite gotten the job done, but I just don't see anyone in this field that's really going to scare me off enough from a figures or workouts or anything perspective that makes me think that Wesley should be worried about not getting home. Also love having Johnny V pick the horse up again. I'm a little disappointed, Kyle, that you won all three talk. I was hoping you'd pull on me maybe and Patrick and at least pick one horse, yeah. you know, to throw in there as a little underdog. Uh, I am happy that Patrick had the same thought as me though. Cause I think calm cool at 10 to one is way too high for this horse. Um, I mean, I know the efforts haven't been anything screaming, but if this horse can, you know, just not sit as far back and, you know, be a little more close up, but also, as you've mentioned here, where the distance actually feels longer than it really is. And with a lot of horses in this field, they're going to have to go. I think the seven calm cool is going to sit a really nice trip, still has very solid figures and is working forwardly. Um, and it's certainly a horse to look for to play underneath and could bring a great value over one of the, uh, you know, chalk horses that me, Kyle and Patrick all going for is we're all on the two main horses are going to be bet on. And then for my last one, I'll let you talk more on the 12 because I know you like to talk about Kelsey Danner's horses. Uh, but my quick thing was, you know, the horse has only run once but ran really nicely on debut on a race that the horse didn't really take much money on, but, you know, ran a very respectable third and a tough pace to deal with for a horse that likes to be towards the front or look to want to be towards the front with a hot pace. I certainly think Sickle Dance is nice. Uh, but, yeah, I just think for this race, you kind of got to pick one of the chalks and then figure out who you want to put underneath to try and bring in some value. Yeah, and look, I did think about Calm Cool, but he just didn't run well enough at a mile to think me to make me think he's going to like the six and a half more. But I just think this race will have to really, um, really melt down, in my opinion, for Calm Cool. That that's what I just couldn't make a case for a lot of the other horses, but Calm Cool would be the one that outside of my top three I would have. And also I'm taking, I'm putting, pulling the trigger, Jim. I'm taking the kicker in the ninth round. We're doing it, but and that's oh, Justin God. Tucker, by the way. Uh, but 
I'm also taking defense after it. So we're gonna we're just gonna oh pull. But um I, yeah, T is too good. I agree with you, Charlie. But I think the number 12, Kelsey Danner, if there's with Kelsey, Adam Bashizzle, I think if there's one horse gonna be coming from the back a little bit a ways, stretching out in distance, I think the number 12 sickle dance is definitely a, a better horse to have, in my opinion, than the number seven. Calm, cool. I think he just sits a little bit closer, a better trip. I love the outside post slot in too wide, just be able to have a good run at the top of the stretch. And with that long stretch of Kentucky downs, I hope to see sickle dance sitting on the outside, maybe three in the three, four, five path running down the leaders. I think sickle dance is extremely interesting, especially with the Irish, uh, the Irish mile bread. I think he, she strike two, not a strike three yet, but strike two, Drink if you're out there. I think number 12 is ex- is extremely interesting. And obviously with number four, Riviere, I thought was also interesting. But he's just going to have to improve off that last race, and he's going to sit around the same trip uh, as the number 12, although a little bit more inside post, so maybe he'll get a better run uh, to the first turn. But we'll see how it goes. I'm going 9-12-4. Patrick's going 4-9-7, and Charlie's going 9 12 seven guys i want to just say real quick thank you guys so much everybody for joining the show um that has joined up we've had great viewership all night long so obviously all we can do is thank you guys obviously smash that like button hit subscribe because tomorrow the boys will be live howard pete and paul will be going over pacific classic day in the late pick five you won't want to miss that that is at 8 p.m eastern tomorrow if you're watching this on wednesday tomorrow thursday evening at 8 p.m eastern time but guys we'll get into our best bets here before we end the show charlie's best bets we're going to go to him first two ice cold doubles which i like to respect a lot i'm going he's going with in race number three a race that we didn't talk about double two into the six and then the, the 10th race going with annapolis into the number nine kawichin in the last race charlie go ahead and talk about your best bets yeah, so I'll start with race 10 first because that'll just be the quick one. You know, we already touched on, I think it's Annapolis races, uh, Annapolis's race to lose. As long as the horse breaks clean and sits a decent trip, has no excuses to not get the job done. Uh, and then as I touched on with the Wesley Ward horse, I know the horse hasn't gotten the job done yet, but the figures match, the competition matches. I picked the horse before and was very strong in opinion on this horse. I'm not going to switch up now, uh, now that the race should hopefully, you know, remain on the turf. And then for my double in races three and four, I mean, come on, there's one other Wesley Ward horse on this card, arrest me, read it. And what's another exciting field takes a drop down in competition. You know, this horse continuously has just been right there, but ultimately, you know, has been running in grade one and grade two, some of the best fields in the world, consistently amazing figures. And now drops all the way down to an allowance of 180,000, just significantly weaker. All the way down. All the way down. $180,000 allowance rates. I'm I'm just messing with you, dude. I mean, yeah, compared to grade one, is it grade two? I agree with you. Compared to the caravels and no balls of the world, you know, shout out Kyle's horse, no balls. But um, yeah, I, like horse. I wish that was my horse. I, I my like horse. this. I like this drop down again. Johnny V picking up the mount always gets me excited. And uh, yeah, I just think this major drop down in competition will make it easy. Uh, and then into race four, uh, going with the number six uh, current climate, you know, ran a, a huge step forward after that rough 62 figure uh, up to an 87 and lost by a nose 
was right there, has been training with great bullets with a 47, a 47, a 48 in a minute. This horse is working very forwardly. Uh, you know, the figures, in my opinion, based off of what you can see on the field, are overwhelmingly stronger than every other horse in this field, other than maybe like the four or three. But even then, it's really just for me, no other horse in that field really stuck out to me. And again, honestly, I didn't want to just give out an, a, a favorite Wesley Ward horse on its own. So I look for an opportunity to do a double or, an, or a exacto within that race. I ended up choosing to go the double route. Uh, so those are my two best bets. Hey, I love it. And like I said, there's a double connoisseur myself. I love the aggressive because that's where you make your best. And with Kentucky Downs and these types of fields, you're going to get value no matter where you look. So good luck with your best bets on Saturday, Charlie. And Patrick, your best bets, you're going race seven, uh, Dutch doubles, four, eight, and nine with the six. And then race 11, the win on the number four, Riviera, Patrick, talk about your best bets. Yeah, listen, um, in the first leg, I do like a lot of – I like the two prices and then Elegant Trip, who, um, you know, will be the second or the third choice. So I'm going to play doubles um, into Talk of the Nation. Um, and then uh, in the uh, 11th, uh, Revere, uh, you know, listen, I I just think that horse is, is going to improve – um, and I'm, I'm against the favorite in that spot. So I'll bet that horse to win at odds of seven to two or greater. And hopefully, like I said, you'll get that type of um, those types of odds as there is two other horses that look to take money in that spot. Patrick, good luck with your best bets. And my my two best bets, and for some reason, I don't have the race number in there. Uh, must have deleted it. My apologies. But race number seven, a win on the number 12 straight and level I talked about. Um, after that last race of the 72 buyer now coming onto the turf where he has a lot of turf breeding working forwardly, I think straight and level from the outside gate is going to be extremely interesting on Saturday. And in the race number nine, I'm singling number one dance macabre, who I will also be playing a win bet on from that inside draw. But, and then I'm taking into the next race with the number six, the Euro. Um, I believe I cannot. I, I'm so bad with names. I cannot do this, guys. You know that. Uh, the number six, Ancient Rome, and the number 10, Annapolis, looking to get both uh, sides of the spectrum with the horse being close to the pace in Annapolis and one most likely being off the, off the, um, off the pace with Ancient Rome, the Euro. Hopefully one of those two can get home for a nice payout on our side. So, guys, that is going to be the episode 37 for Ben and Boozlin for Kentucky Downs on Saturday. Again, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Thank you guys all so much for joining, and we've had great viewership all night long. Cannot thank you guys enough as we continue to move on with Ben and Boozlin. I know a lot of you guys are talking about the takeout situation with Kentucky Downs. I'm not too happy about it either, although it is still one of the lowest takeouts in the nation. But we will see you guys all tomorrow as Howard – Post it in the chat, and that's what I'll I'll leave out on. Um, but tomorrow is the amazing preview of the Pacific Classic. The late all-stakes late pick five at Del Mar is obviously their premiere day for the entire meet. You guys do not want to miss tomorrow night's show at 8 p.m. Eastern, talking about the Pacific Classic and all the races around with Pete, Paul, and Howard. But, guys, for my co-host, Patrick Kunsel and Charlie Freeman, this has been your host, Kyle Roscoe, in episode number 37 of Benton and Boozen. Good luck on all your bets on Saturday, Kentucky Downs. And you know what to do. Crush those bets on Saturday. Have a great night, everybody.